You're listening to Speaking of Racism, the podcast dedicated to frank, honest, and respectful discussions about race and racism in the U.S. I'm your host, Jen Kinney. Pull up a chair and let's talk. Special thanks to Grapes for the music. The song is I Don't Know featuring Jay Lang. So on the show today, I am joined by Delina Price McFall. She is a former journalist turned freelance writer, editor, podcaster, and editorial consultant. She homeschools her children ages 10, 10, and almost 12 in rural Texas, where they live next door to extended family, raise chickens, and dream of travel. Delina also believes in homeschooling by reading, listening, learning from others, and acquiring new skills. Welcome to the show, Delina. Thank you. It's so nice for you to invite me to be with you today. I'm so excited because I am a homeschooling mom, and many of the people who have listened to my podcast have also reached out to me to ask me when I've talked in the past about how I have attempted to teach my children history that is not colonized and and is more historically robust and accurate and not so whitewashed, people will reach out to me and ask me, what do you do and how do you do it and what resources have you found? And to be honest with you, it's been really difficult to find resources. So I came across your Instagram account and it's Woke Homeschooling and I was really curious so I started checking it out and I was excited to see that you have a curriculum that you have developed so I would love for you to tell us about that. Absolutely. I just released this curriculum on August 1st. It is something that I developed because I was having the same trouble you were having, Mm -hmm. you know, just finding the resources that are at the appropriate age level. So you can always find things that they, you know, teach in college, books that are uh, for adults, but not usually something for children and that can keep them engaged and teach them concepts on their level. Right. I was already gearing up to do the second half of U.S. history with the curriculum that we we have always used. And I started to look at the books and I started to, you know, read through the textbook and the notes. And I was like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. I'm going to have to find something else. And I never wanted to do my own curriculum. You know, I was happy buying it out of a box and just keep it moving. Right. But I started to put this together and pretty early on, I started to, you know, see connections between the books. And so I started writing down everything that I was doing. You know, I plan about a week ahead, a week or two ahead. And so I started writing it all down and I shared it with a couple of friends and I decided to continue to write it down so that I could um, package it and share it with others. That's awesome. So when did this come out? When did this uh, become available to the public? Just August 1st, 2019, not even 12 days ago. Yeah. What? That's amazing. Because literally, I think I found you that day somehow. Yeah. That is so cool. It spread pretty quickly. Um, I'm connected to homeschoolers on Facebook. You know, I'm in different groups and I have a lot of homeschooling friends and I I just posted it and it, it spread more than I could have ever anticipated. That's amazing because right now we're talking and it is what, August 12th? Yes. Wow. That is so cool. Yes. And so everything has grown pretty quickly. You know, the email list, the Facebook group has, I think, over 200 people already. And I thought I would release it August 1st and then move on with my life because (laughs) 
because I've been putting a lot of things off till after I was done and I was, I'd reached this goal. And now I'm like, oh, I need to do some customer service. I'm getting emails from people that they need this or they need that. Or how do you do this? The Facebook group, I can't just let people sit there. I need to engage. So a lot of things that I didn't plan on doing in August are happening right now. And I'm not complaining. It's a good problem, but I did not anticipate it. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I'm I'm telling you, I've had so many people reach out to me and comment and ask, and I have just had such a difficult time finding it. How long have you been homeschooling your kids? We've always homeschooled. So they are in fifth grade and sixth grade. Okay. And at what point did you kind of get to that realization that something more had to really be available or that you were going to have to create something more? What age did that start? It was 2017 when I finally said enough. And, you know, a lot of things happen around that time. You know, the 2016 election Mm -hmm. was around, you know, it's all, all of it, everything going on in our culture is, you know, reflected on how much I could tolerate in my home as far as what I'm teaching about homeschooling. Mm -hmm. And this, you know, between 2016 and 2017, we were doing U.S. history. So it's harder to be critical, I have found, when I'm studying about other cultures and other countries. Sure. Because I don't know their real story. Uh, So whatever I'm learning is, you know, I'm always thinking, you know, who wrote this, you know. Right. But it's harder to know and find resources that are in English from other cultures. So it almost flies mm. under the radar when it's world history. But when it's U.S. history, I know what the deal is. Right. So, right. So all my alarm bells started going off. And even, you know, the first half of U.S. history, I had to supplement some there because there was just not enough about Native Americans. There was not enough about, you know, what was life like before colonizers stepped foot on U.S. soil. You know, there wasn't enough of that. There wasn't enough from that perspective. Sure, the books that we were reading, even the fiction, was they were really great stories, but they all came from the perspective of a white boy meeting a Native American boy. And it's told from the perspective of the white boy, which is fine, but all your books can't be that way. Right, right. So they were all coming from centering whiteness. Yes, you're Mm -hmm. telling other people's stories, but you're still centering your experience and how you view it. I didn't want that. No, I think that's amazing. So I actually purchased the curriculum. It's called O Freedom, and it says a conscious U.S. history curriculum, grades three to seven. And in the beginning, it gives an African proverb that says, until the story of the hunt is told by the lion, the tale of the hunt will always glorify the hunter. That's right. And that's precisely what you're speaking to. That's right. right? When the when the winners or the Uh, people in majority power hold the keys like that, they get to write the history. That's right. And it was interesting because I did not start out homeschooling my kids. So I kind of, I was pushed into it in a sense. I have one child who had some very, very serious medical needs. And we just got to the point where we thought, you know, I really should consider homeschooling. My brother was homeschooled. I always had a very homeschool positive outlook. I just honestly didn't want to do it. And I didn't feel like I was capable of doing it. Mm -hmm. But so I was kind of pushed into it. And my kids got into it in grade two. So they had attended an international school in kindergarten. In first grade, we went to a Montessori school. And then grade two, I was doing things on my own. And I wasn't sure where to go and what method to use. Um, I knew enough where I reached out to a curriculum that was 
literature-based, and I felt like it was okay. My issue was more that the curriculum just felt very scattered, and it was difficult for me to kind of work through it. I see. But in grade three, I decided, you know, if I'm going to do this again, I want to make sure that I do not teach them from such a, you know, like a colonized perspective. And then at the same time as well, I did not want to teach them history in the United States just yet. I wanted to kind of branch out and start with a broader perspective. So we studied the Middle Ages all around the world last year. And I did find this book that was really wonderful. And one of the things that I noticed in your curriculum, the the little bit that I've read of it, is you really focus heavily as well on Native American stories. And that to me is really, really important and very powerful. And that was one thing I was raised indigenous. And that was my religion when I was younger. It was my identity when I was younger. And I remember sitting with my kids and starting to read this story of the Iroquois Confederacy. And I remember just sitting there and I just started sobbing. Wow. And my kids are like, Mom, what is going on? And I'm like, you guys, you can't appreciate, you know, what it's like because you're eight and whatever. But, you know, not to have your story told. Yes. And to be in that moment and to have that experience was so powerful for me. And it was such a gift to me. It's like I just did not appreciate or realize how much that does for your soul and for your mind and your heart and your identity. So I was just thinking of that when I opened this, I was like, oh, I'm so excited to crack into this curriculum for this next year with my kids so that we can dig into that even more. Yeah, it is important for you to see yourself in the story. And, you know, the way we tell the story, sometimes we get the idea that these European settlers just came over and there were like two or three Native Americans and, you know, this free land you know what I mean right like yeah. no they had a life they had a culture a valuable culture they had ways of doing things that we can learn from you know you can't just discount a whole continent North America South America and Central America full of people mm. and just discard them for your ideas of progress you know let's right. let's stop a minute and see what what was destroyed and this idea of supremacy mm-hmm it just permeates our culture. Like I remember, I I wasn't born in the United States. I was born in Costa Rica. And I remember in elementary school in the United States, just listening to teachers say things like, you know, this is the best country. Other countries are not free. Things like that. And I was old enough to know, what? What are you talking about? Like, that's not true. Right. And why, why is that even a question? Like, why are we ranking countries and cultures as better or best? Mm. what what is that you know what I mean right so I just think just a basic appreciation and understanding for all cultures and all people and knowing that we all live on one planet and we all have something to bring and our purpose is not to dominate each other I need my kids to know that deep in their cells and it's it all starts with how we tell the story right it is. And and the other thing, too, like for me, I really wanted to make sure before I started laying out American history for my children, that they could grasp the history of all of civilization. Yes. So that their introduction to people from African descent is not slavery in the United States in early colonial days, right. but that it's the Ghanaian Empire. And it's, you know, it's all right. of these different nations so that they understand that people were coming from civil 
civilizations that were established and that were leaders in any number of things, medicine, education, science, the arts, so that when they come to that place and they start to learn about early colonial formation and they start to learn about these people who are being brought over on ships, that they understand what was taken from them. That's right. Uh, on an even larger level. That's right. And how that got to be, right? Because sometimes we mm-hmm. think, well, if somebody can take stuff from you, then that means you're not, you're weaker. Right. Or that, you right. know, we, we, we have to examine all of those assumptions that we've made in history. Yeah. So then one of my questions was going to be if your family has gone through the curriculum. And it sounds like yes, because really you created this curriculum from what you were teaching your family. That's right. And I'm kind of sad that people are going to be doing it without me this year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So tell me what kind of feedback have you received so far? I know this is only, you know, I'm thinking you've been doing this for a couple of years, but since it's really only been a couple of weeks, have you heard anything yet from anybody? I've had really great feedback and I have to remember that part because it's all of the negative feedback that I, I tend to dwell on. Oh no. So when you said that you were happy that it, Um, focused on Native American history. I'm Mm -hmm. happy to hear that because that's been one of the complaints that it didn't have enough Native um, history. And, um, but, you know, my focus was African American history. Right. That's what I assumed. And so I was pleasantly surprised to see other as well. Right. right. The, The whole first book that we read is about the Natives in the Americas, all the way from, you know, the tip of South America to Canada, what is now Canada. But we just go through, you know, the ancient civilizations of, you know, Native Americans, all of the Americas. So I thought I'd, I did more than most, but of course, everybody has their opinion. <laughs> And someone at this really terrible, vile website that attacks everybody, Mm. they wrote up a blog post last week. Really? Yeah. I'll send it to you. Yeah. How did, I mean, do you feel a little bit like, wow, I got on their blog? Like, Well, I'm pissing off the right people, so that's good. Right? That's (laughs) what I'm thinking. It was it was absolutely never intended for that audience. Right, um, right. I definitely want parents to this is not, you know, a curriculum that you can buy and just give your kids the assignments and move on with your day. This is something mm-hmm. like you sit down and you learn together because a lot of us didn't learn this history right. growing up. And um the Zen book, a third grader can't read that book and understand it. Mm-hmm. So that's a young people's history of the United States. So it's it's really a book to go through together. There are a lot of concepts that are really hard. I don't know if you had a chance to read the introduction, but just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, U.S. history is rough. I don't know how we can understand the present without seeing where we where we've been in the past. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We don't live in a vacuum. Yeah, no. And that's an interesting thing, you know, being kind of late to the homeschool game and talking to different people about homeschooling. One of the things people will say to me is, oh, you must be so smart. You must be, are you a teacher? And, you know, all of these questions. And I say, no, I actually learn with my children. Yeah. And there are days, obviously, with math and certain subjects where I'm kind of like, oh, somebody else handled this I know. Right? But, like, there are things that I absolutely love and dig into with them. 
one being history. And I feel like I've been able to learn right alongside of them. So I love too the way that you're saying that people will really learn together, the adults as well as the children. So tell me a little bit about the curriculum and how it's laid out and how it is meant to be used. Okay, so the curriculum that I purchased that I always talk about why I had to start this one, um, it was literature based. And I love that. I love sitting down in the afternoons with with my kids and reading stories about history um, that relate back to the lesson that we're learning in history. So I love that integration. I think I had really good teachers growing up. My parents are both educators and I like multimedia. I like to see things I like to read about things and then see it on TV and connect dot. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I I wanted it to be that way. So the curriculum has a lot of books. You're going to buy like 22 to 23 books or you're going to check them out from the library. But there's a lot of reading. I chose books that have audio options, most of them, um, because sometimes you get tired of reading. Mouth gets dry. Right. But you have to plug along. And sometimes yeah. some books have amazing narrators that there's no way I could tell the story any better. Right. So there's an audiobook component to it. You read the lesson from the textbook. There's various books that we use as textbooks. And then there's um, mm-hmm. a storytelling portion where we read fiction mostly from that time period. Okay. So the kids can like relate in story form what was going on in this time right. period. Then we have... Another section where I link to videos on YouTube, I link to music. Some of these books have songs in them and, you know, the lyrics are there and the score is there, but there's no audio. So I had to go back, go and find this audio that goes with the music in the book. And then there's a discussion and reflection section. That's probably my favorite mm-hmm. because you can get all this information. You can pour all these facts and stories into your kids, but until you have a chance to sit down and really reflect on what you're learning and, you know, discuss the subjects, discuss capitalism, discuss how might that have felt to be torn away from your home, you know, really connect with history in that way and take some time to be silent and really think about it. I think that's a great way for it to sink into your heart and really begin to see the world differently and really begin to relate to other people differently. Yeah, I love this because you're not looking at history as just a subject in school to memorize dates, but you're looking at history as a study into humanity. And then on top of that, taking it to that deeper level of reflection and journaling. Is that journaling component part of the U.S. history curriculum? Okay, so you buy the curriculum and then you can use the discussion questions. You can Mm -hmm. discuss them orally or you can assign them to be journaled. You can create your own journal. There's always a DIY option. But I also um, sell a journal that, you know, has all the sections laid out. So it has a section for the student to do headlines on what you learned this week, um, just to really synthesize the information. There's a section for them to write down what they want to learn more about because there are so many interesting people. There's so many interesting things that happen that you cannot cover in your homeschool day, but you can write it down for later because I build in some rest time, some weeks that nothing is assigned. It's just for you to dig deeper into what you wanted to learn about, to do research, to do projects, whatever you want to do. Go to the museum. Okay. And so Mm -hmm. you can buy the journal or you can just uh, have your children journal. So of course I didn't have a journal to buy. So my kids, I printed out these 
these sheets and we would do reflection time. They hated it. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. <laughs> they were like, mommy, no. They wanted to negotiate right. out of it. But I just knew it was important. Like, this has to sink in. You have to know more than facts. Like, this is real. Right. This is real. It happened to real people. Right. And I want them to be able to empathize. Even if people, if it was people in history, you know, that helps you see what's going on today and empathize and feel like you can be an, a change agent. Because I really think, mm-hmm. I really yeah, think no, I love that. aren't jaded like we are. They think they can change the world and they right. have to keep thinking that. Right. Yeah. So I did buy the journals as well. Cause like I said, I'm committed to the curriculum. I, um, I actually, this year I enrolled my kids into this hybrid program within our state. They offer like two days a week. I can send them in oh, and they neat. do their core classes and I won't name the school because I don't want to get in trouble, but um, I got their list of what they're going to be studying this year in history. Oh, no. And I died a little on the inside. Yeah, I was just like, oh, okay, this is going to be really challenging for me. But then I found your curriculum. And so I was really excited about the the ability yes. to marry the two. Before I ask you about its application for people who maybe aren't homeschooling, I want to find out just so that our listeners can get an idea. Is this something that they're checking into daily during the week? Or is this something that you have where they're only doing two to three days a week of focusing on history? I laid it out for four days a week. But honestly, the curriculum is so jam-packed that you could take two full school years to go through it. Because there's a lot of reading. There's no way to get through all of it in one day. And I know some homeschooling parents get worked up Mm -hmm. when they can't check all the boxes for the day. You know, that's the first way (laughs) to feel like you're failing as a parent and as a teacher is when, you know, what what are my kids missing out on? So I I try to tell them that in the introduction that there's no way you're going to be able to get through all of this. But I'd rather give you too much so you can pick and choose and you can really focus on what your kids like and what they, you know, can relate to and what they are attracted to than to just not give you enough. And then you're like, oh, this was a waste of time. Well, and I like that it's sort of multi, I I don't know the exact word. I want to say multi-sensory in a sense. So you have, you know, data and information and historical facts, but you also have story, you have video, you have audio. All of those components, I think, are really helpful too, because if you have a kid who Mm -hmm. isn't quite reading yet or isn't very good at reading, how can you help impart some of this to them, you know, and you can get creative with that. So I really appreciate that about the curriculum. And it's, it's good for different ages too, because you might have a child that can understand a story, but they can't necessarily read that story on their own. So they can, you know, Mm -hmm. read it with the book and listen to the audio or listen to you while you read it. I mean, sit with you while you read it so they can follow along. Or there's there's older kids that will be able to just devour the books quickly. So um, it's easy to use with a range of ages in your homeschool. Mm-hmm. And also there's picture books. So that keeps the younger ones engaged and the older ones can actually read those books on their own. They can read it aloud to you or to their younger siblings. So because of the resources that I chose, I think that it's great for a large range of ages and stages. So what is your hope with the curriculum? What do you hope that people get out of it? And I feel like that's too simple of a question for something so huge, but it's the best I have. No, no, it's a good question. I just... I hope that um, we had a really rich experience that year with history, and I just want that for other homeschool families. It's 
awesome to learn with your kids and to be engaged in the stories with your kids, to laugh with them and to, you know, lament with them. Because like I said, all the stories are not rosy and a lot of them hurt and a lot of them feel personal. Mm -hmm. When we're talking about the way Black people have been treated in this country simply because of the color of their skin. I mean, that does something to you on the inside. Mm -hmm. When you realize that, when you see those images um, on TV or, or pictures, and I think every Black child in this country has to go through that. And I'm just thankful that I get to go through it with them at home sitting on our couch and they're not in a in a school where they're the minority and they I just remember sitting in school every time you talk about slavery everybody turns around and looks at you. You know, it's just I, I, yeah. And I know like that is not the time to be able to process those feelings when you're in that setting and you're, you know, the only one in your classroom. But I also know that my kids, even though they're not in that setting, they still have to process those feelings, too. So I just mm-hmm. wanted to be intentional about walking them through that. So I hope this is a tool for other homeschooling parents. And even if you're not homeschooling, of course, just to be intentional. Don't let that stuff just slide and, and be like, oh, we all experience that or, you know, it's a hard thing. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the thing that I wanted to ask you about, because a number of parents also, they're not homeschooling parents, but they're still interested in teaching their children. And so what would you say to them about this curriculum and their ability to use it? Is there a way to go about it where, you know, they can pick and choose certain things through each section? Or would you recommend they take it and they spend a few years on it supplementing their school? What do you think about that? Yeah, this is how I would would do it but look I recognize that parents who have their kids in school and they work full-time their schedules mm-hmm. are packed so I would commit to just being intentional to learning myself as a parent mm. So, of course, the young people's history is a condensed version of a people's history of the United States by Howard Zinn. Right. So I would get the adult versions of these books and I would read them myself and I would look Mm -hmm. at what your children are being taught in school. Look at the schedule. Uh, We're talking about Columbus this year. Okay, well. I mean, this this week. So, okay, well, let's tackle that at home. What did you learn in school? Well, what about this? You know, know enough to engage with them and challenge what they've been taught in school. I have a friend. Interesting. I have a friend who did that. Uh, Her daughter came back from school talking nonsense (laughs) about what she'd been taught. And I was like, oh, you have to get this book. You have to read this with her, you know. And last time I went to her house, that book was sitting right there on the coffee table. It's just. um, That's awesome. Yeah, you, you can't you can't reteach everything from a different Mm -hmm. perspective, but they need to know a different story. Also, a lot of these books have audio. So if you only have a chance to read, you know, for an hour before bedtime, get into a story, get into one of the fiction books that I recommend. Mm -hmm. Um, They're just excellent stories. So uh, that's one way to get that different perspective on a time period in history. Yeah, that's a really good idea. And story is so powerful. It is. Right? It is. Those stories stick with you. Yeah. And just being able to diversify the stories that people have access to. It seems like most schools still 20, 30, 40 years later have a lot of the same books at their core in history curriculum. And that is just mind boggling to me how we're still there. It's true. And also, I think there's this feeling that certain books are classics. 
And we must yeah. read those books in order to create yeah. competent adults. And I would push back against that because mm-hmm. they're classics. Who said? You know, they right. might be classics, but what else was overlooked? Right. And for people who are listening who are interested in any book recommendations that you might have for uh, just making children more uh, racially aware and becoming anti-racist, do you have any recommendations there? I do, because, you know, the books I gave you before, they're to homeschool yourself, so to speak, on history. But if you're not necessarily going to do that, you know, whether your kids are in public school, private school, charter school, whatever, it's still important to raise anti-racist kids. Mm -hmm. And we have to be intentional about that. You know, I had this interaction with a friend who I could tell by the way she was talking that she believed that she was raising colorblind kids, which we know is not a... (laughs) It's not a goal here. Right. But because, you know, they did mission trips and charity work on the other side of town with their church, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. And what I had to point out to her was that by you having to cross town to see a black face, that teaches your children that I am where I am because... My parents work hard. Yes. And all the American things that we learn. Yes. You know, you work hard and that's why you have what you have. And those people over there, they're not doing the right things. That's why they are where they are. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you don't have to say it. You don't ever have to say it. But if you look around and your cleaning lady is a brown woman mm-hmm. and, you know, you, you just start to think that things just are the way they are because they are. Mm-hmm. That and, is so true and powerful. And, and I honestly haven't really thought about it in that way. Right. So that's why I'm saying you have to be intentional. Yeah. And I don't know how you get away from learning history because you have to learn the history of redlining. Mm-hmm. You have to learn the history of, you know, who got um, home loans. You have to learn the history of reconstruction. Right. You have to learn all this history to understand where we are and why things are the way they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but two books. Yes. That are great with this is Raising White Kids by Jennifer Harvey and White Kids um, Growing Up with Privilege in a Racially Divided America. And that's by Margaret Hagerman. And another organization that does great work with um, whiteness awareness, I would call it, Mm -hmm. is Be The Bridge. Yes. And they're at bethebridge.com. Now, where can we find you? I'd like to know uh, your website, how people can order your book, how they can order your journal. Uh, I hear you're also a podcaster so if you want to plug your podcast I would love for you to do all of that yes people can find the curriculum at wokehomeschooling.com and they can be in touch with me through all the social medias oh except Twitter I'm not on Twitter oh me neither (laughs) (laughs) I am on Twitter personally though so I yeah (laughs) but I'm never on Twitter so that's that's a way to not find me. Right. Uh, and um, they can email me at learn at wokehomeschooling.com. We also have a Facebook group for woke homeschooling just to, for parents to connect with each other about the curriculum and share what they're like, any questions they have or any advice they have. That's awesome. There's a thread going right now for how to implement this with a high school student. 
you know, I can't speak into that. My kids aren't there yet. I haven't done, mm-hmm. I, I literally, I'm sharing with everybody what I did with my kids, not what I, what I plan to do with them later. Right. So people can purchase your book on your website? Yes. It's a download. It's yes. a PDF download because it has links to all of these resources that we're talking about. The music, the YouTube playlist with a lot of the documentaries, all of that is linked to from the curriculum. So it's not something that's printed. Of course you can print it, but you'll still have to go back somewhere to click to the links. Sure. And I did print it. It's um, not that long, but I just, I like to have a physical copy so that I can go through it. Yeah. Um, You can make your notes and all that. Yeah. And so for people who are listening, who might be like, Ooh, a download, it's nice to know that you don't have to print it, but that if you do, it isn't that long. That's not, it's it's not, not it's about 50 pages. Yeah. It's 38 weeks and I don't do a lot of writing. It's one page per week. So okay. You get the story in the introduction and then I curated resources for us to learn about history in an interesting way. That's great. So your Instagram handle is? Woke Homeschooling. Easy to remember. And where is your podcast? Oh, yes. So my podcast is not related to homeschooling. Um, It is related to woke in a way. Right. Because it's a podcast for Black people to talk about the racial wealth gap. So we delve into history a lot. Because like I said, you have to make those connections. You have to connect those dots. And, um, you know, Black people in this country have gone through the same educational system as white people and everybody else. Mm -hmm. So we have ingested these ideas as well that those people over there have what they have because they've done the right things. And we tell our children and tell each other that if you would just do the right things, you would be here. Mm -hmm. And the truth about the racial wealth gap is not that right you know and we're not going to close a racial wealth gap by you know good budgeting and good financial behavior Mm -hmm. and so we talk about all of those things and how they impact um our daily life and what we can do to change the systems that were designed to work not in our favor so the podcast is called brokish okay b-r-o-k-e-i-s-h okay and where can we find you for the podcast are you on all the platforms all the platforms. Excellent. Okay. And brokish.com also. Great. Well, Delina Price McFall, thank you so much for coming on the show and for telling us about your curriculum and for creating it. But wait a second. Don't leave yet. No? We have to give your listeners a discount. Ooh, a discount. Tell us about it. I have a 15% off discount for your listeners. Awesome. Um, With the code SOR15. Yay, this is my first discount code. Oh, fun. (laughs) So SOR for speaking of racism. So SOR 15. Fantastic. Well, thank you for that treat. It's a a speaking of racism first. Our first discount code. (laughs) Well, this is my first podcast. 12 days in to Woke Homeschooling. Oh, I'm so excited. Well, thank you so much, Delena, for joining us. And you are welcome to come back anytime. It was great to talk to you. Hey, thanks for listening. Let us know what you think of the show and don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave a review.